You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are your hosts, Evie McLeod and Lindsay Roman. Welcome back to the show, friend. Hit that subscribe button to be notified every Tuesday and Thursday when we drop episodes in your earbuds or car speakers or wherever you listen to the show on all things business, marketing, faith, and some dang good life conversations. Today's guest combines a little bit of all of those things. We're welcoming to the show, Stephanie Mae Wilson. Stephanie is an author, a podcaster, a speaker, and the go-to guide for 20 and 30-something women as they navigate their most important relationships. Through her books, her courses, and her chart-topping podcast, Girls' Night, Stephanie has mentored more than a million women as they navigate and cultivate healthy, thriving relationships with God, their friends, their significant others, and with themselves. Today's conversation was the sweetest and most refreshing girl talk you will hear in a long time. We talked with Stephanie all about her journey with coming to know the Lord and how that just completely changed her trajectory of her life and career. We discussed how your 20s and 30s are some of just the biggest decision-making years ever and how to go about navigating the unknowns of those seasons and just making big decisions with the Lord. We even covered one of the most important questions we can ask as a believer. How do we share our faith and our beliefs with others in a way that's loving and authentic without pushing others away? This conversation, again, will just be a breath of fresh air for your soul and insight into one of the biggest challenges that we can face as believers in life. Now, are you ready to get your heart inspired? Let's bring Stephanie onto the show. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. Stephanie, welcome to the Heart and Hustle podcast. This is going to be such a fun conversation. I am so honored to be here. I feel like we are like best friends that just hadn't met before. Like, I don't know how. I'm like, okay, how are we not texting already. I don't literally <laughs> literally before we hit record, we were literally just saying Stephanie's in Nashville and we had our conference in Nashville in April and we're upset as heck that we did not know each other before that. Well, like why? I just, like this was happening down the street from my house and I didn't know. Yeah, I have like retroactive FOMO. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We're going to now be besties, start texting daily all of Perfect. it. But <laughs> I feel like our listeners now are going to get the beginning of our our best friendship just starting here live on the podcast. So I'm yep. excited. <laughs> For this Welcome, friends. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay, Stephanie, are you down to just for anyone who isn't familiar with you to kind of share your story and a little bit about yourself? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'm Stephanie Mae Wilson, and I'm an author and a podcaster, and um, I help women with the big transitions and enormous decisions that we face in our 20s and 30s because there are a lot of them. Um, I heard a stat recently that actually 80% of our biggest life moments happen before we're 35. Like how is that? And and when you kind of start thinking through it, you go, yeah, we do figure out a lot of life things um, Mm -hmm. in this time of life. And so, so my mission is to help women with that. I started out, let's see, I started out as a journalism major in college and I 
absolutely loved it. Um, I was like sprinting down uh, the path as fast as I could to be the next, I don't know, Katie Couric, Hoda Kotb, like, you know, fill in the <laughs> blank there. That's um, amazing. But I ended up becoming a Christian at the end of college and it changed everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a really, we'll talk about this more, I think, in this conversation, but I was like a really unlikely Christian. Um, I didn't really, gr- I mean, I didn't grow up as anything else, but I, you know, we just, we celebrated Christmas. We sort of celebrated Easter, but that was about it. And, mm-hmm. um, but then at the end of college, I like came face to face with Jesus in a really powerful way and it changed my whole life. Wow. And so after graduation, instead of pursuing journalism, like I had planned and like my degree told me I should because I just spent four years working for it. <laughs> um, I like went rogue and became a missionary for a while. Um, and so I ended up traveling around the world for a year. And part of the work, you know, we were doing humanitarian work in, in different countries. I went to, to 12 different countries that year. Um, wow. And we were doing, you know, just different different work, volunteering in different like capacities in different countries. Um, but they also gave us a blog to keep along the way. And even though my background was journalism, I had never thought about like personally blogging. Um, but I started to to do it. And I started to tell my stories as they were unfolding of like what was happening, what I was seeing, what I was learning, what God was doing in my life. And the craziest thing was that I started to get messages from women who were reading my work and responding to it and who were, you know, like learning from the things I was learning. And it, it was just the most incredible thing. I had no idea that that was going to be part of my story. And and really, it ended up being... I, I feel like I'm, I've kind of started leading this gigantic online small group um, in a way through my writing. Um, and mm-hmm. that was um, 11, I think 11 years ago. Um, wow. When I got back from the trip, I ended up starting you know my own blog. And that was uh, almost exactly 10 years ago. And... Um, since then, it's become books, it's become my podcast, it's become courses. Um, but really, my mission is the same. This time in our life is really hard and really complicated, and um, the stakes are pretty high in this season. And I want to be a big sister and a best friend to women and like really equip them to get through it and help them build lives that they like really love, you know? Yeah. Mm. Oh my gosh, I have five million questions off of that. <laughs> Okay, I knew we would be soul sisters. I was correct. Okay, I I almost want to first start off before we even dive into like all the many myriad of questions that are roaming around in my brain. You mentioned obviously like your encounter with Jesus in college was like huge for the trajectory of your life. Could you actually kind of dive a little bit more into that of like the story of where and how you met Jesus for the first time? Or maybe it wasn't for the first time. You said you grew up Christian. Like, yeah, but like I that. didn't know. I hadn't met him though. I mean, I went to church okay. like a couple times, but I would say... Like, I wasn't even aware he was there. Like, uh, quote unquote, like, air quotes, Christian. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Definitely air quotes. Um, so this is so crazy, and it's, like, hard to fit this into a nutshell. But um, I, the the turning point for me was a gigantic heartbreak. Mm-hmm. And um, about halfway through college, I found myself with, like, basically all of my significant relationships um, in, like, shambles. Like, the only yeah. thing that was really yeah. going for me was my was like school was like um my my uh baby journalism career um that was the only thing that i really was like succeeding in everything else was was pretty messy my relationships with my friends were like i had great friends or i had a lot of friends i wouldn't say that i like 
I wouldn't say I necessarily felt like safe and connected in my relationships all the time. Mm-hmm. I My relationship with myself was toxic. Um, I just was saying that I was my own worst critic was like, is such an understatement. And then I just went through a gigantic breakup. And um, I always say the best thing to do when you get your heart broken is to leave the country. Um, but really, <laughs> if you can, like for sure do it. Um, and it just so happened that I was going to be studying abroad that next semester. And so I left to study abroad in Sevilla in Spain. It's the best city ever. Um, mm-hmm. But what there was a weekend where we had kind of a spring break and my girlfriends and I went to Rome. And um, it was I was in the Sistine Chapel doing a tour of the Sistine Chapel. I was hungover and wearing a pub crawl t-shirt while this all happened. Um, <laughs> but I ended up, uh, I, you know, I'm walking around the, uh, walking around the chapel. I, I knew for the last several months, I'd been asking really big questions about life and wondering if maybe God was real and maybe wondering if maybe he had something for me. And the friends I was with actually um, happened to be really strong Christians. And so I was like peppering them with questions like, okay, explain this to me again. I totally don't get it. Um, but as I'm wandering around the Sistine Chapel, I turned around and caught sight of um, the Last Judgment on the back wall. It's this fresco by mm-hmm. Michelangelo. And it's not my favorite painting, by the way, but something happened in that moment. And I feel like I wasn't locking eyes with a painting. Like I locked eyes with Jesus. Wow. And I it just felt like my heart stopped. And I felt like I saw this best friend I hadn't seen in a million years. And I just wanted to like go hug him. And... um it was such a like crazy, unexpected response to seeing a painting. Like I've never responded that way to art. Um, <laughs> but I just, something in me just flipped. And I found myself saying like, I want Jesus to know me. I want him to like me. I want to know him. And so like I'm in the Sistine Chapel and in my head, I said, okay, I guess I'm in. Like, I guess I'm a Christian now. Wow. And it was like that wild and that, simple all at the same time. Um, And I really did. I walked out a a believer. I walked out a Christian and it's the craziest thing. Just crazy. That is so cool. I just love how God works in the way that, you know, He can literally encounter us and reveal Himself through a painting that's so old and, you know, you wouldn't necessarily look at it and be like, oh, yes, Jesus, yeah. <laughs> necessarily. Yeah. But God no. was like, let me meet Stephanie here. And oh, yeah. I love how he moves. I love how personal he is. Yeah. I want to follow up with, you know, in your journey with walking with the Lord and walking with the Lord, then, you know, I'm changing your whole life, basically, and change, like, making decisions and pivots and all of those things, which I know you mentioned, like we make 80% of our decisions before we're 35. Like there's so much that so many of our listeners, I'm sure are walking through making decisions on plans, not knowing what's next, whatever. What has kind of helped you through trusting God in those processes? Like, do you have verses that you always come back to? Do you have insight or thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners from your own experiences or anything? Yeah. um, You know, so one of the things that I learned pretty early on was that it it seems easier to uh, have God like dictate every single twist and turn in your life. You know, like it's, Mm -hmm. it seems, um, it's, that seems like it's the faithful thing to do. It's that's the trusting thing to do is to like sit there and not move at all until God tells you exactly what to do next. 
in like every detail. You know, it's like, should I go out on this date? Yes. Should I go out on this date? No. Should I, you know, <laughs> apply for this job and this job? Yes or no. Um, we just really wait for these really specific yeses and nos. And pretty quickly, God had me making some really big decisions kind of on my own. And yeah. by that, I mean like, you know, there were great um, options in front of me and they all were things that I would really like. And they all were things that were like feasible and they were all things that would honor him and that would help me love his people. And I had, like, I got to pick. And um, that's a really intimidating thing to do because it seems like, it really just does seem better to be like, okay, I'm going to hop on the roller coaster and God, you just take me where you want me to go. Um, But he requires our participation a lot more than that. Yeah. But the thing that I've really learned is that our life is so much better when we participate in the creation of it Mm -hmm. and like when we join God in that. And so then we have to figure out kind of like, what do you do with that? (laughs) And how do you figure out your yeses and your nos and, you know, this job or that job or, you know, what do I do from here? And, you know, I think there are a couple different things. One of them is the, the more you trust God with different pieces of your life, the more like the more you walk with Him, the easier it gets, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you have some some track record. And in times when it's been really hard for me to trust God, when I'm like really praying for something and it's not happening or I'm waiting on something to change and it's not changing, um, it really is so helpful to me to look back on the times that He's taken care of me in the past um, because then I can go, okay, it's like God's the same. He took care of me back in the Sistine Chapel. I know He's going to take care of me today too. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's one thing that helps. Um, And then the other thing is like surrounding yourself with really good people um, and people who are living life the way that you want to live, like who are walking, walking the walk, you know, um, who are like have the... Um, evidence of uh, that you look at their life and you go, yeah, like that. Mm-hmm. Um, having people in your life that you can talk to and that can give you advice and that can weigh in. I The reason that I started my podcast, Girls Night, is because I feel like I hear from God most clearly in a lot of ways through my friends. Mm-hmm. Like the things that they say to me, the ways that they speak into my life, hearing their stories about their own life where I'm not even a character in the story, but just like getting to watch what's happening in their life and how they're making decisions and like what God's doing with them. That teaches me so much. And so that's why I started my show because I was like, we need to be recording these conversations. We need to like have the opportunity for more women to get to hear the things yeah. that my friends are saying because they're making such a big difference in my life. And, and that's why I love what you guys are doing too. Um, but those are just like a couple of things. You know, there's so much. Um, but those are a couple of things I come back to when I'm trying to like trust God and figure out what's next. Yes. Oh, I love what you said um, about how you almost are waiting for God to be like, give me a yes or a no, like hard yes, hard no. Like, God, I will be faithful, but like, give me an answer. And so often I think He doesn't. And what I've also found is like when we're seeking Him, when we're chasing after His heart and like in relationship with Him, more often than not, not always, but but more often than not, I almost like hear Him be like, you choose. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like it's a yes, like a right or wrong answer in this moment. Like yeah. both paths lead to me. It's yeah. like, I have given you free will. I've given you authority to choose the route that you yeah. want to take, um, which is almost harder, I feel like. Because like, sometimes we do just want like, I just need like an answer, like hard yes, God, or no. Like, <laughs> yeah. come on. With an insurance policy, if you don't mind. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the responsibility is not on us. It's like, oh yeah, you know, it's all on you. I I make no decisions, but oh, that is not how God works. I heard no. uh, a pastor say once in a, a tough season that I was in or a decision-making season that I was in, and it it has stuck with me for years, but um, it is a green light. Uh, until God says it's a red light. And I think a lot of us pers- 
perceive our walk with the Lord and our decisions as red light until God gives us a green light. And we just sit Mm. there stationary, not making decisions, not moving forward, not turning left or right until we feel like we get this, you know, thunder from heaven Mm -hmm. uh, answer. But the reality is, like Lindsay was saying, when you are in relationship and intimacy with the Father, then it is a green light until God says something different. Like you just pursue Him and you lock eyes on Him and you just take steps forward and He will tell you if He has any like left or right turn that you're missing, like He will well, tell you. And if He wants a red light, like, yeah. oh boy, he, he will put that red light in your path. No. He will tell you. <laughs> yes. yes. How will you know? You will know. You will um, know. I, I love that so much because really that's the thing that I think... Um, that's the the biggest thing that I think we can do wrong mm-hmm. in the in the most important seasons of our life. You know, as we're making these gigantic decisions, going through these huge transitions, like really establishing the foundation of our lives in this time, I think the biggest thing we can do wrong is nothing. Yeah. Absolutely. If we're if we're moving like decisions can be changed. One thing can lead to another. Mm-hmm. Uh, one open door, like you might walk through a door and find yourself in a weird hallway you didn't want to be in, but there's a really great open door that comes off of that hallway. Yeah. Um, and also if you really mess things up, like God can redeem. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just sitting there, like that is, I think the only decision that really is is the wrong one. So mm-hmm. I, I love that. Green light okay, until this- it it's red. This goes so well into one of the questions that was marinating, marinating, whatever you want to say, in my (laughs) brain when you first started talking is kind of like, especially kind of going along with the green light, red light analogy of like going until God says stop. How did you, like, especially in your journey of of like radically getting saved for the Lord in the Sistine Chapel and deciding to start a blog for yourself, like how was the process of starting almost like a platform like to encourage other women, to encourage like women in faith, like how, I I think my question is, how did you have confidence that that was the like move for your life? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think I am. Um, one of the things that I've noticed in my life and then getting to walk so many women through different decisions in their lives is if you really like something, there's a reason for it. Like, mm-hmm. if you're interested in something, like, that says something. You know, for example, I have friends who are in, like, healthcare. You know, I have friends who are nurses. And they could talk all day, every day about the crazy things that are happening in our bodies and want to be in the thick of it with people when they're in, like, when they're literally cut open. And not only would I never, ever be good <laughs> at that... <laughs> But like, I can't, I don't have the stomach for that. I don't have the interest in that. I do not want to know what's going on in my body. I would rather just like think of it as like a whole one piece. Like the, in, <laughs> the insides creep me out. And yeah. so it's like the fact that we're so different in that or the fact that I... Um, you know, we have this really wonderful, um, we have two that kind of trade off, but really wonderful nannies for our girls that help us and so we can be here with you and get work done and stuff. Um uh, I have twins, uh, 19-month-old twins. Oh, oh um, that's awesome. But so they, one of them especially says that her form of self-care is hanging out with babies and kids. 
And she's like, truly, I would, I would hang out with them for free. Like, I love this so much. It like puts me back together in this really beautiful way. And I'm a kid person for my kids, but I'm not like (laughs) a kid person in general. Oh, wow. That was so relatable. I just feel so seen right now. Yes. No, I'm not. Like, everyone assured me that you will like your own kids and they were right. Um, But no, I'm not a kid person. And so I was like, okay, this is like hanging out with babies is self-care for you. Working on a website is self-care for me. (laughs) And she's like, blink, blink, what? So all of that to say, I think that the things that we like say something about the way that we are made. Um, And so that's something that I've, I've tried to pay attention to. Like I just, we are all made so differently with such different talents and interests and passions um, that I just don't think that those are on accident. So that's Mm -hmm. part of where I feel like I got the like permission and go ahead um, from God to do this. But um, another, another, kind of moment was shortly after I had abandoned my journalism career, or I mean, kind of so I thought, um, and decided I was going to go do like mission work and humanitarian work around the world. I was in Ghana in West Africa and I was praying and I was like, God, what am I supposed to do with my life now? Like truly, what am I supposed to do? And he doesn't speak to me like this all that often. Um, Like I said, usually it's like through my girlfriends that I really hear from him. Um, but this was another time where I feel like he dropped something into my brain. Um, but it was to write a book and to tell other women just like me what God had done in my life so that they would know what he's capable of doing in their lives too. Mm-hmm. Um, and that book is actually my first book. It's sitting next to me right here. It's called The Lipstick Gospel. And it's the, it's that whole story. It's the Sistine Chapel story. It's everything that led up to it. It's everything that happened after. Um, but really that mission of of like, tell people what I've done in your life so that they know what I can do in their lives. Like, Mm -hmm. go first. Talk about what this was like. Talk about what you learned so that other women don't have to do this alone. That, I feel like, has been the the theme of my life for my whole life. Mm -hmm. Um, And so whatever I'm doing, whether it's, you know, putting together an online course or, you know, speaking somewhere or hosting my podcast, it's, it's just a different version of that. And I just feel like it's... It's how I was made, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that you you said that. I think something that I typically see, especially in the Christian circle, is people almost like martyring their interests and their selves for the sake of the Lord, which and that's not to say like God never calls us to do something that's hard or challenging for us. Mm-hmm. But I feel like people almost take that concept too far. And they're like, I, if I'm having fun, it cannot be for the Lord. Like I have to like <laughs> yes. completely sacrifice myself. And it's like, well, that's not what he calls us to do. Like he calls us to use the gifts and talents that he's given us to change the world, to bring mm-hmm. like kingdom, the kingdom of heaven to earth. And so I love that you like just shared your story of that, because I think that's such a beautiful picture and example for our listeners and just anybody that hears this, that, that like, if you like something, it's for a reason and you can use that for the glory of God. Like Mm -hmm. he's created you for a purpose with those skills for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yes, a (laughs) hundred (laughs) percent. We wanted to interrupt this episode real fast to chat about counseling. Now, counseling is so often stigmatized in a negative way, and it absolutely should not be. Because Evie and I so firmly support counseling in all stages of life, we were so excited when BetterHelp, an online counseling company, reached out to us to be a sponsor on the show. 
We were able to try it ourselves for a bit and our experiences were incredible. I was even able to go on and fill out a full list of information about myself, my desires in a counselor, including religious beliefs and more. I was matched with an amazing counselor who shares my worldview and I absolutely loved the ability to put preferences like that down on the questionnaire. Something else we genuinely loved about BetterHelp is that they offer four ways to get licensed counseling. Video sessions, phone calls, live chat, and messaging. It's honestly incredible. If you've been contemplating counseling but are feeling lost on where to start, we definitely recommend BetterHelp. We both had great experiences with them and have so many friends also loving their services. So we have an affiliate link for you today for 10% off your first month. Just go to www.betterhelp.com forward slash heart and hustle. Listen up, fellow entrepreneurs. Do you struggle with viewing rest as being lazy or unproductive? If so, let me lovingly tell you how far that is from the truth. It is time to start prioritizing rest in our lives along with work. And when it comes to rest, that doesn't mean you have to be looking grunge in your old sweatshirt and sweatpants. Now this is where Lunya, restwear for the everyday woman, comes in. You guys, you will fall in love with how they look, feel, and how you feel in them. Lunia maintains a painstaking attention to detail, quality, and construction. They see their pieces as the anti-old t-shirt. They are the uniform for those who share the belief that resting is the most important time of the day. Now to snag your own beautiful restwear, go to lunia.co and use our code HEART20 for 20% off. Well, okay, Stephanie, I want to ask you kind of like almost pivoting a little bit, but not not really. Um, you have basically spent the last 10 years speaking about the Lord and, you know, the lessons that you've learned and how He's moved in your life and writing books and courses and a podcast and everything. And I know that we had discussed kind of talking about like sharing the gospel with a non-believer in like a very authentic and loving way that's not going to push them away, that's going to actually open them up to the Lord and all of that. So I would love to kind of touch on that topic in this conversation if you're down and just hear from you, like what would you say to a listener who is like, man, Stephanie is boldly, you know, her whole career is boldly proclaiming the Lord and speaking to women and, you know, sharing the gospel. I have no idea how to do that without, you know, shoving people away and being like, you're going to hell. You know, not that people would, (laughs) but I would love to hear, like, what would you say to the person who's like, I want to share the gospel more, but I don't want to push people away? Oh my gosh. I could talk about this all day because, (laughs) because you're right. This is so much of what I do like so much of what I do because I'm just telling what's happening in my brain and in my life. Yeah. Um, and so much that has to do with God. But also, I was a really tough crowd for years. Like, I mean, there were people who tried to talk to me about Jesus in college and, like, like I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry for you because I feel like I was a really tough crowd and, like, probably not very kind. I just, I was not, I was not open to it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really know, like, I feel like I know both sides of the, I, I can I can put myself in both perspectives. Yeah. The biggest thing, you know, when we're talking about our faith, I, the the thing that stinks is that we are coming up against a bazillion years of weirdness, really, like as Americans in our culture right now, because there are people in the world who've never heard of Jesus ever, yeah, um, and right. who don't have this sort of like 
backstory. But I think for for us, Christians have have gotten this reputation of like when someone's coming to talk to you about Jesus, they're sort of like a used car salesman yeah. or <laughs> um, like trying to sign you up for an, an MLM. So like they're trying to like get you to sell you know, that's the best analogy. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Weird hair gummies or something like that. <laughs> um, and either one of those things, like you don't want them. You don't want either of those things. And the person is going to be really pushy and the person doesn't care what you want and doesn't care about you at all. They just want you to like do what they, they just like, they're just pushing an agenda basically. Mm-hmm. And that's not always fair. Like that's not always the case. It sometimes is like, it's, it's a reputation because sometimes it's been the case, but that is a lot of what we're coming up against. Like yeah. I would say a lot of people are going to have some sort of wall up. Um, if you start trying to like evangelize, um, or, you know, convert them or something. Um, and I think rightly so. So in order to like get around that, in order to to talk about this part of your life that is so foundational and so important and share this thing that has been so good for you um, and that you think would be so good for them too, like that's the heart of it. Yeah. Um, in order to do that and like do it effectively, there are a couple things that I've learned. Um, one of them is to not overcomplicate it. Like don't be weird. Instead of trying to figure out the exact right thing to say, or instead of having like, you know, a note card with bullet points or something like that, just focus on being a good friend to them. Like just a good friend, just period. Just show up for them, text them, remember their birthday, like be there for them when they're having a hard day, laugh with them, just be a good friend. That is such an important first step because anything else, if you're trying to tell somebody, if you're trying to like, Anything else sounds like a used car salesman. Um, So start with just friendship. Um, Another thing is, you know, we think we need to have these perfect words, but something that I experienced a lot is that actions speak so much louder than words. Um, It would have been so much more helpful to me to see someone who was a little bit older than me, a little bit ahead of me in life, just living her life as a Christian in a way that I could see. Um, that's like a walking infomercial about Jesus. You know, our, that's yeah. what our lives get to be. And if I could see what God was capable of in someone else's life and how amazing He is and like the fruit of that in her life, that would have been so much more effective than just a stranger coming off the street and being like, can I tell you about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry, I live in the South, so. I love <laughs> um, it. It just has to, it has to come out that way. The other thing, you know, Two other things that come to mind. One of them is just for goodness sakes, do not judge this person. Like just don't judge them. It is not your place. It is not your job. It is not helpful for them at all um, for you to tell them what they're doing or what they're doing wrong. Um, They need you to be a safe place. They need you to love them. They need you to be there for them. If they trust you enough to come to you in a really vulnerable moment, the last thing you should do is to like, stomp on them by telling them that what they did was wrong. Yeah. Um, it's just, it, that is not going to move anyone. It's not going to move anyone closer to Jesus at all. Yeah. Start with love. And if he has something that he wants to talk to them about changing in their life, like let him have that conversation with them. Um, that's just not, that's just not your job. It's not going to move them any closer to him. And then the last thing is, and this is like probably the biggest one is instead of like trying to figure out your bullet points instead of trying to like get the gospel down to a 30 second elevator pitch or whatever you feel like you need to do, just tell your own story. Um, My parents are both psychologists, which is crazy. Um, (laughs) People are always like, what was that like growing up? I mean, it was normal. (laughs) Um, 
But uh, my parents are both psychologists. And so one of the things that they taught me when it comes to conflict resolution is to use I statements. Yeah. So instead of being like, hey, you did this wrong. Um, you Like you said this and it was mean and blah, blah, blah. You can say, I felt this way. I feel this way. And it's this really disarming way of communicating. And that's we can do that with our stories too, our testimonies. Um, instead of saying, hey, you know, you shouldn't do this. Just talk about your own life. Tell your own story, what God has done in your life um, as it comes up naturally. Don't be afraid to talk about it. But when you use I statements, that takes down so many of the the like instant walls that people put up when you know Jesus is mentioned. Um, and it just invites them in. And, and you don't need to make the conversion for them of like... Um, you know, I did this in my life and therefore you should do this in yours or this is what's available to you. If you just talk about your life, if you just like live your life in front of them and and share about it openly, they can figure out what that means for them. Yeah. Um, but that's just the most open, honest, genuine, and honestly effective way of introducing people to someone who's just as wonderful as Jesus is, yeah. you know? Amen to everything that you just said. I love that you mentioned leading with love versus like the law more. I don't know. I can't remember how you exactly said it, but like that's kind of what it is of, or judgment. Because I think a lot of people think like, oh, well, they're doing this wrong. And it's like, well, if they don't understand the love in the heart of the father first, they're not going to understand his law or like why you would even do or not do something. Yeah. Um, So I love that you mentioned that. I would love to kind of ask a piggyback or a follow-up question from that kind of almost in how you operate in your business more so. Um, I think, I mean, we've talked about this on the podcast a lot, me and Evie, of just like, we don't shy away from our faith in proclaiming it in our business, but we we also don't make our business like 100% like Christian. Like this podcast isn't like a quote unquote Christian podcast, but we don't hide our faith because that's very, very much part of who we are. And my my thought is, how do you balance that line of incorporating the Lord? And you might be a little bit different because I think yours is a little bit more overtly Christian. You could correct me if I'm wrong, but how do you boldly share your faith, I guess, publicly in your business without turning people away? I don't know if I'm going to answer this question. Like, you, I might get to the end of this answer and you might be like, you kind of missed the point here. So correct <laughs> me or like, get me back on. It's all good. Yeah, this is a I'm, conversation. Yeah, I'm just like, I'm just kind of mentally processing. Um, I think it's I statements, you know? I think it's, I never want, I think because of of how I became a Christian, the fact that I wasn't like, I don't have a story of like meeting Jesus as like a four-year-old or something like that. You know, it wasn't part of really my life growing up. Um, It's really important to me to be a safe place for people who are like new to this whole thing. And so, you know, my corner of the internet. Like, I'm not a Bible teacher. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a theologian. Um, And so if you're looking for those things, then go look for those things elsewhere. Those are awesome things. I just, that's not my gift. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really important to me to be a place that's really safe for people who are just kind of figuring this out. Um, And so that's really always been my posture. That's always been my like, you know, thought process. And when it comes to to talking about my faith, like it's it's one of the things I talk about. It's kind of woven into everything. Um, but it's not the only thing we talk about. And it's not a requirement. It's not, you don't have to, you don't have to be a Christian to come to my community. And, and I think the way that I like uh, demonstrate that is by speaking English. That was something that I, that was really important to me right out the gate. Like really when I became a Christian and it was like, 
okay, I think God might have me talk about this a little bit. I was like, okay, I'll do that, but I need to use normal people words. I don't want to speak Christianese because that is sometimes really cheesy, uh, which I don't like. And then also is really um, exclusive, because if you don't know what, if, if you didn't grow up in the church, then you're not going to know what some of this language means. And that means that you're not going to feel included or welcome, or you're not going to know how to like fully understand what the people are talking about. And so that's really one of the ways that I've um, tried to go about this is like, just, I'm just telling my own story. Like mm-hmm. you live, you apply it to your life however you see fit. Like, I'm not going to force you to do anything. I'm not going to judge you for not doing anything. Like, you are safe here. I'm going to do me. You can do you. And if how I do me helps you do you, that's awesome. Um, But also when it comes to just talking about life and talking about God, I want to do it in a really, really normal people language way so that you don't have to have, you know, a seminary degree to, to participate in the conversation. Mm, I love that. I think that's one of the most powerful things that believers can do in friendship, in business, any of it is, you know, don't view it as you getting up on stage and teaching, you know, an audience or anything like that. Here is how you must, the three steps to do not do this, forget, don't forget this. It's, it's not like a teaching, you're not a professor, you're just your goal for most of us, and I will say there are some who, you know, their gifting is like as a Bible teacher or yeah. a theologian, you know, but for most of us listening to this, probably, you know, our our calling and one of the most powerful things we can do is just simply live our lives. And I love that you said, Stephanie, just like, I'll do me and I'm going to share me with you and you do you. And if you want some of, you know, what I have, if you want to learn from what I'm doing and how I'm growing and living life, then welcome to it. But you also are welcome here no matter what. And I think that at the end of the day is the most powerful thing that the average believer can do to show just the power, the beauty, the peace, the joy, the the fullness of life with the Lord without trying to like shove it down anyone else's throats. It's mm-hmm. just let them see how wonderful life is with the Lord. And if they want it, you know, and if if God's stirring in their hearts, then, you know, let them like ask questions and just be there if they're ready. So I love that. That's, yes, yes. I need to like listen back to this and write down everything you said because I just love the way that you put it. <laughs> okay, oh. but same for everything that you said. Oh man. Oh my okay. gosh. This is a question that we love to ask every single guest that comes on this show. It's a little bit more business-minded, which we are a business podcast, uh, but you are a brilliant business brain, which we haven't even kind of talked about yet. So what is your biggest lesson that you've learned in all of your years of business? Man, I was I was not prepared for that. I was prepared Sorry. for it lately. <laughs> it's um, a big, it's a little doozy. It's it's a doozy. Okay, here are just some random things. Um, everyone is scared. Everyone is scared. Everyone is intimidated. Um, don't wait until you're not scared because I don't believe, at least for me, that moment doesn't come. I'm mm-hmm. always intimidated. I always am pretty sure that this isn't gonna work. Um, <laughs> but I just give it a try anyway. So that's one thing. Everyone's scared. So if you are too, it doesn't mean that you're not meant to do this. I would say fail fast, um, which I think probably Seth Godin first talked about this. I can't remember who who I heard talked about it first, but um, I feel like some of the dumbest things I've ever done are um, to work on something for a really long time, like in a corner by myself, and then 
and then share it with everybody. The best things I've ever done are to like put together kind of a beta version of whatever it is, share it fast and see if it helps anybody, see if it works. Um, Mm -hmm. So like an example of this is I spent like six months working on an online course probably seven years ago and it came out okay. But if I would have like talked to more people about it, if I would have done a beta version, I would have learned a lot about how to do it differently and it would have been so much better. Um, Mm -hmm. Whereas the things where I've been like, okay, I'm going to put together the most basic version of this and I'm going to share it and I'm going to try it. I'm going to teach it live for the first time or I'm going to do an ebook instead of a a full book or I'm going to do a free download before I do a whole course or I'm going to offer a free service before I create a whole business out of it or something like that. It's so much... You you save so much time, and the things you end up making are so much better because of it, and because of the feedback and like yeah, the real time feedback and ability to shift and change along the way instead of like casting something in cement and then being like oh I wish I did it differently, mm. um, something writing in pencil. But the thing that I've been thinking about lately, and I've become like pretty, um, I've like totally jumped off the deep end into this. Um, I've been thinking a lot about copywriting lately. Um, and I want to give a shout out. So I've been learning a lot from Ashlyn Carter lately. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, Ashlyn, her website is Ashlyn Writes and she's just brilliant. Um, and then also Donald Miller um, and yes. his story brand uh, framework. And the reason I've been thinking about this is because as business owners, we have to talk about what we do all the time. And that's really hard. Um, and yeah. especially like, I feel like what I do is pretty wiggly. Like it's not... I don't like fix hardwood floors. You know, like yeah. that would be so much easier to say, like I repair holes in hardwood floors. Um, it's so much less tangible than that. And so it's really hard to talk about what you do. So lately I've been getting really into the idea of copywriting and having like really spending a lot of time on the wor- on the words on my website because those words... Um, when I can really spend the time to get those right and to really say what I mean, that makes everything so much easier. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also really like having it on a website because then, one, when someone comes to f- find out about you, they get the best words about you right there. Like you don't have to, it's like you have a kind of a sales force working for you, giving the pitch. Yeah. Um, you don't have to consistently do it. But then also, if you're talking to someone, in person, you actually know what to say because you've spent all the time thinking through it. Um, and I just, I, I love that concept of really spending the time to figure out what you do and why you do it and how you can help people and getting really specific about it um, mm-hmm. and having it on your website so you can give someone the link and they can get the best sales pitch you have. Mm-hmm. Um, but the ways that I've been really working on that uh, are are using a lot of Ashlyn's resources and and Donald Miller's as well. Oh, I love that. We love both of those people. And we had both of them on the show and we sing their praises. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. Amazing. Uh, I love it. I love all three lessons that you learned. I need the listeners to like rewind and write every single one of those down because they were so freaking good. Um, Secondary question that we've started asking almost every guest because Lindsay and I are obsessed with reading. It sounds like you are too, Stephanie. Mm -hmm. Um, And we are selfishly and for our audience, trying to gain all the the book recommendations. (laughs) So what is a favorite book that you've read recently? There are so many. I feel like I've been reading a lot lately, which has been really fun. I think my favorite book that I just finished recently actually um, was The Lazy Genius Way, Kendra Adachi's book. Oh, I haven't read that. Adding it to my list. I haven't read it. (laughs) Not with a book called The Lazy Genius Kitchen, which is sort of a follow-up. I'm 
really bad in the kitchen. I'm like not a good cook. I hate meal planning. And so um, that's, I, I'm so excited about her her newest book because of that. But um, she basically, her whole thing is be a genius about the things that matter and be lazy about the things that don't. Mm-hmm. And so it's really clearing out some space in your life, like deciding what you really don't care about that you don't need to pour all your time and energy into so that you can actually pour your time and energy into the things you really do care about that will actually like move the needle on the life you want to live. Um, and so it's a really fun book. She's really fun. She's really relatable and it's really practical. Um, but I just really enjoyed that book. So The Lazy oh, That's amazing. I Adding love it that. Yeah, to I our list right now. It into my list already. Yep. Same. Yeah, that's amazing. Stephanie, you have been a joy to be on the show. We had, I just enjoyed this conversation so much. I know our listeners did too. Where can everyone find you? Like your podcast, your Instagram, your book, all the juice, give it to us. Yes. Um, so the, the best place to go is my website. It's stephaniemaywilson.com. Um, it's M-A-Y, not M-A-E. Um, stephaniemaywilson.com. And that's where everything is. So my podcast is Girls Night with Stephanie May Wilson. I'm at S. May Wilson on Instagram. Um, my bookshop is connected there. I'm also all over Amazon. Um, if you look for any of my books, just type my name. And um, But yeah, my, my website is kind of the I don't know, like terminal. <laughs> it's where you yes. can get directed to all the different things. Um, and pretty soon here, it'll have all new copywriting because that's what I've been working on lately. So we it's love currently it. it's old, but it'll be new soon. <laughs> oh, I love it. Stephanie, thank you so much for your time. I feel like we could sit here and talk to you for like five hours. So we appreciate you giving us some time. And hopefully this is the first of many conversations. Yes. <laughs> Selfishly. So thank you yes. for being here today. Thanks for having me. 